Welcome to Best Kept Secrets Travel, episode 13. My name's Morgan. And I'm Will, and on today's episode, we're going through 10 of the most asked questions to do with travel. Best friends, and that's for life, who stay traveling. I'm talking worldwide, 65 countries between the two. Every moment is so unbelievable, sharing the best kept secrets about the trips and mistakes they made that they can't forget. So tell me if you're ready for a time to remember as the gear up for the next adventure. Yeah. Best kept secrets travel. Very different episode we've got today, Morgan. Because we want to help people, and these are the most popular questions that people apparently think of. Exactly. Whenever we're talking about travel to anyone, we always get asked questions, whether they sound really stupid, they're really intense and detailed. But these are just 10 of the most asked questions, not just to us, but also to the online community. And we're going to answer a bunch of them with our well, opinion. Ten of, ten of them. Ten of them. A bit, bit more than a bunch, probably. A bit more but... than a bunch. We're going to answer ten of the most asked questions online and to Morgan and I. And then if you guys like it, then we could do a few more episodes answering any questions. Or you can drop questions in the comments below. Or send them on Best Kept Secrets Instagram. The Best Kept Secrets Instagram. The BKS Travel. Yeah, it's the BKS Travel. There we are. It's on the screen now if you're watching on YouTube. And you can find and us if on you're TikTok. not, it's the BKS Travel, not what Will said the first time. And you can find us on TikTok and on uh, all the other podcast TikTok, channels. TikTok, YouTube, podcast platforms on Best Kept Secrets Travel. Exactly. So what you're going to find today, you're going to learn something. Even if, you've, even if you think you know the answer to these 10 questions, you're still going to learn something. Well, because for a lot of these questions, there are many answers and there are many right answers. Exactly. So if you have a right answer, we might be adding to your knowledge. Hopefully. That's the point of Best Kept Secrets Travel. You're here to learn. Secrets. The Best Kept Secrets about travel. Trade secrets. Trade secrets. Possibly. Travel, <laughs> travel trade secrets. Right, let's go into the first question, which is... How far in advance should you book your holiday? Now this... This definitely depends on what type of trip you're doing. If it's flights, it's either probably two weeks before or a couple months before. Uh, for activities, if it's the main activity you want to do, sometimes it's not worth risking missing out on and just doing well in advance. Normally, with activities, you could probably do a day or two in advance. Yeah. For most day trips, if it's multiple days, probably a week in advance but i don't think more than a couple of days for most activities the majority of stuff we book we either book on the day or in the hostel the night before when we arrive we're sort of working out what are we doing tomorrow yeah and i think a lot of people get stressed i know when i've been involved trying to book holidays with families etc or just getting advice and then they get stressed and they trying to book it 10 12 months in advance saying oh we'll save lots of money now i think some of the best value for money holidays we've ever gone on by mile we've booked within the week of travel if not the day before yeah. if not like a few days before i know some people don't want them to leave it that late but there is the fun the spontaneity <laughs> of leaving it last minute and just suddenly going and booking somewhere yeah and i also think being actually on the ground you get you're more likely to be able to shop around and find the best deals because with lots of businesses like for flights they just want to get the seats filled up 
So at the end, they're just going to not give them away for free, but they're going to give them away cheaper. And this is the same with other activities. And there's a lot of fees which are involved in uh, in booking overseas compared to when you're actually there. And online. Person. Yeah, when, when you're online and you go onto any of these websites, there's always some form of booking fee, whether mm. it's included in the payment you're doing or the hotel's having to pay it. And then they just increase the price on the website. So then you get there in person it's a fraction of the price and quite often they're very hidden fees which you don't really notice until either check out and at that point you're like uh, I'll, I'll just do it now at this point yeah exactly so that's us trying to answer our first question which was how far in advance should you book your holiday if you want a lot more detailed answer on that you could go to our first episode of our podcast which is how to plan your adventure and that is a very in-depth episode mm-hmm. we talk everything from booking in advance to booking last minute, how you can book last minute, the best ways you can save money as well. Yeah. And a couple of those other points in that episode will come up in these questions today. But if you're looking for a really detailed answer and you want to hear more about you know, us starting mm-hmm. out, go back to our first episode. Our audio was a lot worse. Our cameras were a lot worse if you're watching on YouTube. But that's the point in improving. And that was day one for us. It was. So, Will, the next question is, how can you find the best travel deal? So we would normally, even if even if I was going to book to leave on holiday tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'd say we'd go through 10 to 15 travel websites. If we decided where we wanted to go, let's say we wanted to fly to Barcelona. We use Barcelona because we've been to Barcelona and we've mm-hmm. done a deal on that. We probably went through 10 different travel websites. Mm-hmm. We looked on Skyscanner to book flights individually. We went on Booking.com, LastMinute.com, seeing the difference between just booking a hotel and booking flight separately, comparing the booking a hotel and flight combination. Yeah. Um, and for us, the best deal came up was LastMinute.com. I also found a voucher that when you spent over, when you spent over 250 pounds, you got something like 15% off. Mm-hmm. And we managed to find an insane deal, which was £125 each for flights, return flights and three mm-hmm. nights in a four-star hotel, which was just ridiculous. And With free beer tasting. And free beer tasting. So that was a case of shopping around. Don't go online, get excited by one website and think, oh my God, this is going to be the best deal I'll find. Do properly shop around. Also a tactic on the shopping around, which definitely best kept secret for travel, is private browsing don't you try not to use wi-fi if you can because a lot of these websites will increase the actual price based on your ip address as well yeah because we've noticed that massively is mm-hmm. if you're just private browsing or if you're using a vpn or any of these things you'll normally notice that the price is low yeah and whenever you're going on like these big sort of affiliate style sky scanners lastminute.com things like that when you actually find somewhere you want to stay, it's always worth actually finding that hotel's website themselves and trying to book directly. Sometimes you can call up or actually book on the website, their own website and you get further deals and it's a lot yeah. cheaper then. Also, Morgan's massive fan, really cool company which set up was Jack's Flight Club. You mm-hmm. don't actually have to be a member of it. So a bit of a shout out Jack's Flight Club for their non-membership thing. You do still get deals sent to you. Yeah. Was it weekly? Weekly emails, they normally try and send out the cheapest flights which are going, and some of the deals are insane. Yeah, and even the annual subscription, I think, is only 
40 pounds or something the, and ma- then you get the majority of the deals yeah the majority of the deals that they have on the emails which they send out every single week you can save more than that on all of these deals so it's it's such a good thing to have and unf- i think not- we've even seen deals such as like 280 pound return flight to new zealand from london yeah you just get the most insane ones and people don't realize that it's possible but if, like error fares yeah and if jack's flight club are doing it they're just using smart search engines to mm-hmm. run it but it's still out there for you to find just by luck anyway so yeah. do browse around and try and find it and speaking of jack's flight club um well not not unfortunately at all but they're, they're beating us on the trees they have yeah. planted, I think it's 65,000. Oh, I thought it was way more than that. I thought it was like 640,000. I sent you a screenshot recently. I will quickly look it up. So Jack's Flight Club have planted 620,810 trees as of filming this episode. And as of filming this, we've done 25. We've done 10. Is a bonus starter for one of our episodes. We've got five in Tanzania. We've got five in national trust sites across the uk and we've got five as of today Today, actually we uh organized them to be planted in uganda um chimpanzee trees exactly the trees are planted in deforested areas near the chimpanzees which they're trying to rebuild so these are trees for the chimpanzees so on 25 so far so we've got a little bit of the way to go we're close. We're close. Our, we're getting there. Our highest goals weren't as high as six. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we're, we're moving forward. I'm sure. I'm sure Jack's Flight Club might slow down, and we'll we'll just like be taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, subscribe so we can help overtake. Please. Please. <laughs> or if you're a company out there and you're looking to do a sponsorship deal, I haven't agreed this with Morgan, but he will agree. At least 50% of your sponsorship, if you want to sponsor our next episode, we'll just get to trees so we can try and catch up. I mean, the majority of our watchers are our family, so... What do you mean is mainly our family watching us, Morgan? To, to be fair, that's true. We do have over 31 countries yeah. listening to our podcast. Yeah, exactly. very exciting. Uh, yeah, 31, 32 countries around the world so far have tuned in to listen to this podcast so i think we did pretty good although i wonder if you could help us out because we actually don't have any listeners in africa yet yeah can someone send this to one of their friends family one of their friends or family in africa would be a massive help but make sure it's a podcast one because we've i think we've had the youtube channel viewed in africa yeah but we want it podcast listen to in africa whether it's spotify castro and we may or may not have said this before but the best way for us to grow is by you guys telling your friends and family who you think would actually enjoy this podcast so if you could tell someone who lives in africa it'd be nice exactly so on to the next question morgan how could you avoid some of the baggage fees at the airport when you're getting on your well when you book your flight so when you book your flight the way to book your flight the cheapest if you want to have hold luggage is booking it beforehand and actually booking it with your flight oh they itself. charge so much when you get to the airport when you get to the airport it is so much more so don't do that that's a terrible idea 
our philosophy and what we like to do is travel with one bag only. One bag only. We we need we need some sort of jingle for that now, <laughs> don't we? One bag only. Might be slightly copyrighted, but we could get around we'll, it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. But one bag. Oh no, I've got I've got that tune stuck in my head now. <laughs> Anytime I say one bag only. Okay, bag one only. Um, and we do that because we don't believe when traveling you need much. Oh, you more waste than that. so much time checking luggage. And yes, it is. And especially if you're getting cheaper flights where there's changeovers and stuff like that, you don't want to be faffing around with bags no. at all. But one of the main things as well, if you do do one bags, is make sure you take a bag of the correct size. Because some of these in the UK, we have Ryanair and EasyJet that do really cheap flights and they're reasonably strict. They're always trying to pick people out and make them pay extra baggage fees. So you've got to look out for that. My rule of thumb for the hand luggage bags is don't have any wheels on them. If you have wheels, you're an easy target. Something we always do is we always try and make our bags look light. So always like, don't, if it's really heavy, and slightly big. If you've got a coat or a jumper, take stuff out of your bag and ram it in make sure you're wearing your heaviest shoes when you're on the flight just really simple things like that just to reduce the weight because sometimes the actual physical volume of the bag might be fine but then they'll they'll every now and then they'll be suspicious and be like oh we need to weigh your hand mm. luggage and then yeah. they wear it but if you're carrying a camera around your neck and all your camera batteries just, in um, your pockets pictures they can't they can't judge you on that and the next question is what are your rights when a flight is delayed or cancelled? I've had a few flights delayed and cancelled and they get me so angry. <laughs> it is, which doesn't help. No. And the help. people working on the desks aren't very happy with this either. Well, no, I feel really bad for them. It's, it's, it's more when... I normally get angry if it gets cancelled when you're then queuing up to try and get your refund ticket or your next ticket for your flight. And the people in front of you are making such a fuss when nothing's going to yeah. change, which then makes you stood there for longer. Mm-hmm. Like we had this when we were trying to get to Rio. Yes, yeah, and I just Paolo, got ang- really happy. I was so angry because we had those that group in front of us who all they did was just argue with the person at the desk as if they're going to be able and to change it. And they refused to leave, and that well. just delayed us by like an hour and a half, and it just drove me nuts. But then, okay, so actually answering the question, which is, what are your rights with flights to be delayed or cancelled? If they're delayed over a certain time frame, and that depends on your country and the policy of the airline, is that you can actually claim part of a refund if it's delayed a certain amount. Mm-hmm. If it's cancelled... How do you do that? So sometimes you have to go through the the um, airline's website themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I think... I can't remember in the US or something. There's... A, Certain countries ha- then have their own online portal, which then applies yeah. to all of them. Okay. Um, but delay is one thing because, I mean, if our flights are delayed, I'm not normally that fast. I normally get annoyed when it's solidly cancelled because mm-hmm. then that's a drastic change of plan. And with cancellations, the biggest difference is whether the cancellation is due to the airline themselves. If They've had to cancel because there's something wrong with the plane. Or if they pilot till yeah, or they couldn't get enough cabin crew or just something. Um, they 
Or they overbooked it. Yeah, exactly. The policy in the UK is that they need to get you onto another flight as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, some type rarely. To anywhere? <laughs> they need to get you on another flight um, to the same location, but it's not necessarily going to be the same day. And that's when it really hits And they'll hard. put you up in a hotel though. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if it's cancelled. So I've had loads of different cancellations. One in Africa was a bizarre one because they... Our flight got cancelled because they took so long to get everyone onto the plane that by the time they got everyone on the plane, air traffic control had turned, uh, had closed. <laughs> so everyone was on the plane. It's like, well, I don't know how many people would get on an Airbus, like 600 people on an Airbus. Everyone sat down and the pilot had to announce, really sorry, we can't take off anymore. Air traffic controls closed because it took too long for everyone to get on and just sit down. And that then caused mayhem. And then we got out of the plane and 99% of the border control staff had gone home as well. And then on top of that, because then everyone's come in the airport, all of our, this was in, um, cool. Where was I now? I think Rwanda. Um, oh no, it was in, in, uh, Kenya in Nairobi. And, oh, I just made so angry. Breathe. (laughs) we'd left so our visa had expired you've gone quite red now like you're you're, triggering you it's it's because our visas had expired so then they had to somehow in the middle of the night give every like 500 people temporary emergency visas and organized hotels and all of this and it just caused absolute mayhem and it was a classic case of so much goes on there and you're on the first flight in the morning Hmm. and you only get like you know three hours sleep sleep. yeah Yeah. you you close your eyes and then you open them again and you need to leave it's almost pointless those experiences are quite tough because you're really tired and you get to the hotel and it's after a long day's traveling so you get there and you're like oh i could really do with a shower but at the same time you're like i have like two hours if i can barely get sleep to sleep and then i have to go back on one of those sticky planes again <laughs> i don't know what planes you're going on if they're sticky morgan <laughs> <laughs> right so morgan goes on some really weird mile high club planes apparently which are nice well, and lots, sticky well lots of the planes <laughs> recently i have no idea what he's on about <laughs> <laughs> so back with the cancelled flights if it's down to the airlines fault themselves they have to rebook you and give you tickets for another flight and put you up in a hotel if it's overnight if it's due to the likes of a hurricane and they have absolutely zero yeah godzilla attacks the airport although it's pretty predictable that when godzilla's attacking goes it's very obvious isn't it yeah um so when godzilla attacks the airport because the airline can't technically control that it's then very much down to the airline's policy if mm. for some silly reason their policy won't cover godzilla or king kong coming and attacking your airport this is when travel insurance or sometimes flight insurance can play a big mm. role because that will cover it i know my travel insurance even when we we're in bolivia was um would have covered um like civil unrest and civil war. Mm. So when we were flying to Bolivia and we weren't sure whether we were going to be able to get in there. Because the road borders were closed because of the coup. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a combination of that and it was all the oil, wasn't it? It was well, them that, that diverting was, all that petrol. And that was because of the coup that everyone was sort of panicking. And, panicking. and then there was guns on the street. and. But but we'll talk about that in a in That's a near episode. future episode, but that's where travel insurance comes in and that can play a role in your flights. So the next question is, do you need travel insurance? Eh, maybe. Y- yes, yes. I highly recommend no, it. No, no, the answer is yes. Like... The answer is definitely it's yes. It's pretty stupid not to go with travel insurance. Yeah, so the most important thing, and this is a bit boring, but is to actually read the terms and conditions yeah. and actually see what your insurance covers. Because what people are finding now is that lots of insurers don't really cover COVID. Oh, no, Mason won't cover COVID at so all. So you have to find COVID-specific insurance if yeah. you're worried about that. Yeah, so for example, if, let's just say, if you're in the Alps, I think it costs something ridiculous, like the French government charge you six thousand euros if you get injured so yeah if you're out with some friends or something and you've gone to i think it's called snowbox which is the mm-hmm. like music festival on the side of the mountain you'll go skiing and snowboarding if you don't have the right insurance and your ski pass doesn't cover you for it i think it costs something about six thousand euros to take a helicopter if you have to get collected by a helicopter off the side of the mountain because of injury i'll die thanks Whereas I know, for example, certain parts of the Alps, if you get a ski pass, it costs absolutely nothing relative to the whole cost mm. of the trip. It's not like three or five euros a day. That covers you something ridiculous, like 10 million euros of medical insurance. And that's including the ski pass. That's not, not, that's not even normal travel insurance. So that's very effective cost-benefit analysis. So exactly. Literally is. So <laughs> what you do is if you, have, if you get injured on the side of a mountain and you've got your pass, helicopter lands. One mm-hmm. of the first things you do, if you if you physically can, is give them your ski pass, and then from there on out, your whole bill just basically gets covered. It's perfect, which is really good. Well, Instead not of, not the getting injured bit, but, but it's in the UK. We're so used to the NHS, the NHS and whatever anyone wants to say about it is an amazing which is service. Free, by the way, if you're watching from one of the thirty other countries, it's free for anyone to use as a citizen of the country and it's an absolutely amazing service and and in other countries so france i know is unbelievably expensive for but it's so quick for a lot of it oh it's, it can be quick but a lot of it's private hospitals whereas if you have good travel insurance so i used to take out travel insurance which covered for me covered me for high mountain skiing as well because different level of levels of let's say travel insurance which is why you've got to really look which is why see, yeah, I, yeah i got one from it's called snow card it's not cheap but it covers you for extreme sports and stuff. So when Morgan and I go tra- traveling and we had a year where we traveled loads, so I just took out an annual policy. I needed one which also covered me for skiing and high mountaineering. Hmm. And a lot of them, apart from the very top one, which is called their like extreme cover, they would cover you up to maybe 2,500 meters on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't cover you for like off-piece glacial skiing or any of those sort of things. So it's even if you're doing a really medial thing, or you're not doing something super exciting, it's so easy to get injured doing anything. You know, you could yeah. you could trip on the side of a road whilst going on a city break and get severely injured to the point where you need to go to hospital. Yeah, and if you don't have, hit by a bus or something. Quite literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as much as you're taking that it's never. That that is a genuine thing, is you don't know when you're going to need medical help. And if you're not covered, it's going to come back to bite you. 
like really bad. Mosquitoes bite me a lot, and you can get lots of diseases from that. But if you're going on a week week long holiday or a weekend holiday, you can take out insurance just for specific time frames as well. Uh, At specific time frames, specific countries. If you're going to a country that, from your country, is considered dangerous, then there are specific uh, insurances that you can take out for that. That may include kidnapping insurance, for example. I think mine covered kidnapping. Yeah. But actually, I remember reading it. It's like kidnapping, but £500 a day or something. <laughs> and I just thought, imagine being kidnapped. It was like £500 a day up to 10 days. <laughs> so after 10 days of kidnapping, your insurance is nothing for you. <laughs> I think after 10 days of kidnapping, it's more of an actual international... <laughs> It's more of a problem. There's lots of stories of people uh, escaping and walking out and sometimes guards getting bored and just sort of letting you leave when they realise they're not going to get any money from you. Or they'll just kill you. Yeah, all that. So, long story short, get travel insurance. It's... (laughs) Or you die. Quite literally a (laughs) lifesaver in some situations. And if you think the cost of your holiday is expensive, it's going to be a lot more expensive if you're in a hospital and it's not in the UK NHS mm-hmm. any other hospital you're just going to pay an absolute fortune so get travel insurance don't don't be an idiot <laughs> that's a long story sure Morgan bit of a tongue twister for you how do you know a deal is really a deal normally I work out when a deal's a deal when it has, it's normally flashing or big stickers on the screen that say <laughs> deal. Buy now. Yeah. Going to sell out soon. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is normally what I find That's out. That's normally when it's like, while stocks last, while flights last, selling out quick, will be sold by the end of the night. I trust it every time I'm 100%. told I'm just gonna when it's selling the out now. Here. Oh, when it tells me I've got 10 minutes until the deal's gone. I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm, I'm panicking. Yeah, really panicking. I'm trying to remember my 16 digits on my debit card. I'm oh, that's easy. That's around. seven. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... D- 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 <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I think... the When minute- it says... Buy now, buy it now. <laughs> buy it now, whatever it says. And when that prince needs £10,000 right now from Africa, you give it to them because, you know. Because he's going to sell you 30 tonnes of pure gold. No, no, it's a good business decision because, <laughs> because he says so. I mean, the email looks strange, but the address itself. But then, but anyway, the most important thing is actually just checking the details. Make sure there are no hidden fees one of the things with traveling now is you may be sold this amazing place or deal but then you might not know oh yeah you've got to get extra things because of covid so that could be extra tests that could be uh, when arriving you'd have to quarantine for some reason and they'll make you pay extra for that and you basically again need to be boring and an auditor you need to see what's included right yeah so it's I've seen loads of them where it's like, oh, yeah, this is a great deal. Something X percent off, flights included. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, you're saving 40%. Mm. And then you click on the hotel link part of it and it'll be like. And somehow there's a hundred Food not included, swimming pool towels you need to pay or something ridiculous. Like they will just remove stuff from your hotel Mm. deal. 
that you would expect and that's the only reason it's come down and then they'll say oh yeah you need to pay for check-in baggage as well none of that's included oh and our booking fee is also our booking oh yeah 30 percent <laughs> off our booking fee 25 percent <laughs> yeah cost i mean it's good marketing it's much easier Your holiday to did cost 150 pounds we got it down to 100 pounds for you our booking fee is 49.99 why <laughs> <laughs> So this is what we're saying is, with sarcasm, deals online... What is sarcasm? I, I've never... <laughs> <laughs> deals online, please approach them as devil's advocate. That is the best tip I could probably give is approach a deal online as devil's advocate. Do your research. It could be an amazing deal. Just don't book it after a few beers so that you're reading it properly well, unless it's a spontaneous oh, trip. Oh, if it's a spontaneous trip and you don't care so much, then go for it. But if you're trying to be... Budget-friendly. Yeah, money-savvy, whatever you want to call it, budget-friendly, properly read it. Because it'll be like, welcome to this hotel deal. You've got to pay the receptionist to turn up at the desk to check you in. Or, or one of the ones that is uh, when you've got to pay for keys, where they're like, we don't, you just okay. got to pay extra for a key. It's like, is that seriously not included for the room? I can get the room, but I can't get in. Five pounds to sleep on the bed. Yeah. Otherwise, you're on the floor. Yeah, you've got no bedding, but you've got the bed. Just, the frame is really nice, though. 100 pounds. Yeah, it's, oh, I've, I'm trying to think of my weirdest experience where I've messed up and I've just gone, oh, why did I not read the small print on this one? I try not to mess up. Oh no! This is you know back in the early days. The early days. The early. To be fair, it's normally with airlines. It's normally when they claim there's a good deal, and then they want to charge you for baggage. Which is why we promote one bag only. One bag only. I think one of the ones that comes up with hostels is sometimes where they say where you specifically pay extra for. Aircon or a fan, fans aren't effective. Oh, it's when they're like, oh, they're it's broken. 15 pounds a day for Wi Fi. Oh, yeah, Wi Fi. Wi Fi. Wi Fi. That is it. That That is the one. Just don't go somewhere where they want to charge you for Wi Fi. No. And that Unless was... you're just outright ditching your phone and you're actually having fun, then you really don't need Wi Fi. But if you're trying to then Google the next place you're going to and you realize. Because Wi-Fi takes away from fun. Exactly. Wellington was quite cool, though, because they actually had Dead free City Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi yeah. yeah, That was really cool. In the business district. So, yeah, that's our advice on deals. Go to Wellington. Be devil's advocate. Remember that big red flashy banners saying, buy now. Wow. Always What true. a deal. They only come up on legitimate deals. I've never seen a single sofa company in the UK ever try and tell me there's 30 to 50 percent off 12 months of the year yeah it's true good old dfs it's true so if you wanted to upgrade your two-seater sofa to a three-seater sofa (laughs) what is the best way you can get an upgrade well with dfs we've got 50 percent off sale now this is not a sponsor by the way and this is also not slander (laughs) it is just it's just true. Actually, DFS. DFS fits with the brand. It is DFS, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, DFS, if you want to sponsor us, we could turn this into a sofa. Bit of a shout out to you. But, uh, yeah, yeah, sofa, I'm sure it fit. Oh, no, we'll just get rid of this and we'll get, get them to make us a custom sofa where we can chill out. Custom chipboard table. <laughs> <laughs> it's a high quality table. Anyway, yes, yeah, so when it comes to getting an upgrade, I think you need to think of it in levels, right? Smile and wave. Your first thing is knowing if the flight's fully booked. Mm-hmm. You can normally find that out being really cheeky and trying to find out online, even just before you've gone the, even before you're getting to the airport, go online and see if there are still seats available for that flight. Mm-hmm. That will give you a good indicator because if the tickets are running really low, it means that they're just trying to sell them last minute. Yeah. And ask at the desk, just outright just ask, ask at the desk. First thing you go, you go, Smile. oh, hi, where are you flying? Oh yeah, is the flight fully booked? They might just say, oh, yeah, it's complete. There's not a single seat free. But if you're feeling tactical, if you've got a super early flight or a super late flight, you might be better off, I think. Mm-hmm. And I normally... So let's say I've booked a ticket in economy. The next level up from there in my head, because I didn't want to pay the 30 or 40, 50 quid extra it was online, is I think, okay, an upgrade from exit a normal... Yeah, exit row seat. I've got long legs. That's my next upgrade. That is that is in my head. That's the next goal. Mm. Above exit row is what most places would call like economy plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got business and then you've got first and then you've just got... Private. No, then you've got the cabin suites like Casey Neistat did. Oh, yeah. I would say exit row is, is, is your target and then you see mm-hmm. if you can go above it. Tactics for this. One, look smart, smile, be super happy. Always happy. And be useful. I'm going to be honest, but when it comes to exit row haggling, we're going to call it here, <laughs> a lot more useful if you're in the younger generation. So Morgan and I... Well, it, de- it depends It depends then who your staff is. Yeah, sometimes. I think it's a dance. It's essentially almost like flirting. It is. And if your flight isn't fully booked, they have to have people sat on the exit row seats for safety mm-hmm. precautions. And they will generally stereotypically target younger people. So when we're in New Zealand and Australia, it was one of the first things I did. Try and get a little bit flirty with whoever was behind the desk and find out if there was an exit row seat. I think I got <gasps> moved on three flights. You were in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan <laughs> I actually remember having a conversation with her and she was like oh no do whatever you can to get upgrade which upgrading everything the massage in Thailand the... <laughs> so try and be happy chappy well not just chaps it applies to ladies as well smiley happy be smiley happy be positive and just confident. I'd say confidence in nine-tenths of the law. On top of that, try and fly with the same airline as much as you mm. can. So, for example, EasyJet don't really have the same business class as other planes, and neither does Ryanair because they're looking at volume within a cabin. Mm-hmm. British Airways and stuff. If you fly with British Airways and you want your highest chance of flying with British Airways, fly with them as much as you can. Try and get your silver card. Try and get your gold card. That's flying a lot, I know. <laughs> um, 
but that is your best chance at ever getting upgraded. I've been upgraded now probably five or six times in different occasions. Well, we got upgraded multiple times just in that Australian New Zealand trip to Exit Rose. We were quite good with that. Yeah, we pushed that quite a bit. But we never got a business. No, and one I of the... I don't know if they had business on the flights we were on no, because they're quite small. they're quite short. But one, one of the other things, bar coming home and going there, but uh, mm. one of the other things that also helped with just general persuasion is give them a reason. So there was one day, I remember, where you said your back hurt. Oh, yeah, I've not got a great lower back or knees. And having longer legs does actually work as an excuse. So one of our friends, Tang, six foot six, he used to book a random seat on economy. The first thing he said when he got on the plane was like, oh, is there any other seats? Because my leg's too long. I'm, j- I'm physically pressed against the seat in front of me. And it's really painful. They'd almost always move him. That's nice. Which is quite a good tactic. So, yeah, we, we, I played the sympathy card. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Happy, smiley, flirty. Sympathy card. Sympathy's your backup. Or wear really, really high heels so you're six foot six. Or dress smart, actually. Dressing, dress. dress, dressing smart helps massively. Will, I know you'd never have this traveling with me, but imagine you're unhappy with the person you're sitting next to on your plane. What can you do? Like what? What can you do to make it better? <laughs> we say about that. I think on a couple of the flights where I got moved to the exit row, they said, "Oh, we've only got one seat," so I got moved. We weren't sat next to each other on a couple of flights. We weren't sat next to them. And I got few. moved to the exit row anyway. Yeah. Your, so, your flirting was apparently on point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with the um, with the person sat next to you, really depends. Certain airlines allow you to take pets. Right. So you could have a dog sat next to you on the this plane. Is what, this is why I take you. If you really hate dogs or you're allergic to them either way calmly stand up pretend you're going to the toilet oh, or I something you stand up and scream and tell an air hostess <laughs> that you're allergic to dogs if you're just scared of the dogs say you're allergic to the dog because then they have to move you a mm. little bit more of a sensitive topic on someone sitting next to you who you sort of want to get away from mm-hmm. is if they are just solidly morbidly obese, right? Mm-hmm. As much as people want to go, oh, that's not very nice. I've been next You're to some. Very nice. I've been next to some people where it could be due to their size, or it could just be due to the, the fact the lights of EasyJet want to make the seats as small as possible. But when someone is physically overlapping their seat and it's into your little comfort zone bubble, it's not very nice. And there are two ways to go about it, right? One of them is just to sit there and pray and to sort of live with it, which is never nice. And two is to once again, very quietly and calmly, stand up, ask an air hostess, is there any chance that you've got another seat available and they might be able to move your seat? Other than that, sadly, there's not that much you can do. Um, Stand up. I can't remember where it was. I remember... On a plane. It might be in the US or something. on a plane. Someone was discussing. There was a massive conversation of weighing passengers at one point, as in like on commercial flights. And I like it was never going to end well. And they were talking about if you're over a certain size, you had to book two seats. 
That was like a That's massive mad. thing. That would jump up your cost so much. Yeah, kids, you double. <laughs> it was. Just... <laughs> it was like. That's mad. Could you imagine you if they push that thing? Do... I mean, I think I, 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 I think some airlines incorporate it. Well, sometimes I've I have had it before where they've asked roughly what your weight is. They don't weigh you, but they've asked you what on your a weight small, is. small, small yeah. plane. They do because they they need to make sure there is some balance. Like I've been on I've been on tiny planes where it's like you know they can't fly. It's just a toy. Eight, like an eight seat to tiny seaplane thing mm. where you've got. My brother and I, and mum and dad, and then a couple other people. And let's say this random bloke we never met before, but he's six foot six and weighs double the weight of me or whatever. Mm. Like when I was younger, that quite obviously tilts the plane, <laughs> tilts the, a tiny plane. So that's where I understand people having to be weighed and they weigh all your luggage so that they can calculate where mm-hmm. it needs to be. Whereas on a massive commercial plane, it's kind of pushing it. Yeah. But anyway, slightly sensitive topic, which. Uh, some people you aren't going to be with. so happy with, but I don't really care. Um, huh? I struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I'll... took a while. <laughs> <laughs> Our penultimate question: Do you have to be rich to travel the world? Depends where you go. Yes, to go to Antarctica. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or get sponsored. I'll guess. Yeah. In general, or no. row on a boat. It depends it, it, if you live in Tuvalu and you're trying to go, which is a small island, a very small country um, that's tiny. If you want to go to America from there, it's going to be quite expensive. But in general, traveling, especially from the UK and Europe, flights are so cheap. Mm. And one, once you get to these countries, and I guess it depends where you come from, where you're going to, whether you're going to a country that's more expensive. Style of travel, I think, is one of the biggest things. Of course, yeah. Because, yeah, if you're backpacking or going on a trip with your family where you just want to be in a nice hotel, that's going to be very different to backpacking. But as far as backpacking is concerned, the answer is no. The general rule of thumb is that you could travel forever in any country all around the world for $50 a day. And that's including countries that will be a lot more expensive and countries that will be a lot cheaper. Vietnam, once you're there, you could comfortably stay on £15 a day. And the longer you travel... I know people who went around Laos on... I think they said one quid 70 or one quid 50 a day. Yeah, the longer you travel, the cheaper it gets. Yeah. The way we... Oh, your your average levels yeah. out. It's the second you start to do... Moving around. It's moving around. It's proper excursions, mm. like ones which aren't included. So if you go around the UK, for example, the food and lifestyle and hotels, all expensive, but the, one of the things... Trains are expensive. And trains are pretty <laughs> expensive. Um, one of the things you're fortunate about is we have lots of things in the country you can go and see for free. Yeah. And there are countries out there which have that, or some will just have a small incurred cost. But it's the second you go out and, you know, you're in Vietnam, you're living on, let's say, five quid a day, and then suddenly you want to go and jump out of a plane mm-hmm. with a parachute. You don't, you don't just want to jump out of it. It'd probably be quite cheap. <laughs> 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 I think by that point, Morgan, you're not thinking about cost. Um, you want to go and skydive 
that can suddenly be the cost of, you know, being in Vietnam for like two months. Yeah, well, that that was what before our South America trip, I was always thinking about when I because I worked multiple jobs to be able to afford that trip. And there, was, and there were times I was really tired, didn't want to work, wasn't enjoying the jobs necessarily. But I kept thinking that every single hour I do is quite often more than a night's stay in a hostel. Yeah. So that means that in theory, without doing any other activities, just eating and staying in a hostel is, with normal bar jobs, one hour's work. And that just motivated me to work one hour more every single time. But all in all, no, you don't. You don't have to be rich. More, more so now, if you live in the UK with COVID tests having to do eight billion. Yeah, tests. the cost structure is completely changed. But but post COVID, when host- now the cost of a PCR test is what it used to cost to go to Spain for a long weekend. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think there's always stuff you can do. You know, you could. I think too many people think about travellers having to go somewhere far overseas as well. A yeah. lot of people in the UK go, I'm going travelling, and they think, oh, you know, we're going to pull up the classic barley. Barley on your gut, y'all. It's like... Which that's we have an, an interview. Interview? We do have an episode of on episode... Nine. Nine. Is Indonesia, but... I think a lot of people see world travel or travellers general as having to go abroad and not domestic, as not domestic travel. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, travelling around Europe and things. I think people always assume going far. And, you know, if you're not travelling far, then you're cutting down your flight costs. Yeah, your other costs might will be slightly different. But mm-hmm. there are so many places to go in the UK alone, to go around Europe. But the world... Yeah, travel doesn't necessarily have to mean being abroad. No. At all. And travel I think in your people... mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people, especially because of COVID, are realising that a lot more now. Domestic and... travel's jumped up massively. Holidays, Cornwall, yeah. wherever. Well, in the UK, you can go to the National Trust. And exactly, you can go to the National Trust, Trust and try and find our five trees. And which episode is that? Episode 10 is our National Trust episode. Oh, I'm really surprised you knew that. I know. We didn't <laughs> freeze at all. <laughs> so last but not least, what's the best way to sleep on a plane? Or I think you can apply this to basically anything. Yeah. So Sleeping on planes, buses, buses trains, cars, camels. Horses, benches. Turtles. Yeah, possibly. Um, well, my number one tip is to close your eyes. Okay, <laughs> I've closed my eyes, Morgan, and I'm still awake. No, no, no. you just got to stay there for a bit. Just nope. keep staying there. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, close your eyes. For me with travel, my top tip is I'm not too bothered. I, I often use a cap. You sleep a lot on our trips. I, I'm, I'm smart. Wait, so I just stay awake. I, I'm, yeah, I'm smart. I every journey, I'm not. Sometimes it's good to. See I like watching on the that. I, well, the thing, your benefit is you sleep. I'm awake. I kick you when something cool comes up. Yeah, so it's a win-win for you. <laughs> yeah, true. But I, I think sleeping when 
moving around and traveling is that's the best time to sleep because it means that you can make the most of your activities when you're there but i always have a cap which i use as things to cover my yeah. eyes um and it also covers my mouth as well which i don't know why i want but sometimes yeah bring a good soft jumper is also quite a good one because yeah. you can just pull that over your head and spin it and use that as a side pillow yeah and then uh music i have a playlist that i made back in 2016 whilst i was on my first backpacking trip in vietnam <laughs> Uh, and I still use that same playlist for sleeping when traveling. Hey. Yeah, the exact same one. It's called Tube Waxing on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> but I still use that same playlist. I put it in, I put it on slightly high volume because even though normally I don't sleep with music or loud things, there is always stuff going on around you when you're sleeping in these uncomfortable yeah. places and often in uncomfortable positions. So basically, you put this music in that's quite relaxing and it just drowns out the rest of the noise. And it makes it easier to sleep and that, that helps me. I think not being hungry also helps. Um, in Thailand, lots of people, like we, we just had lots of long bus trips. Yeah. And if you're hungry on one of them, it just makes it a lot harder to sleep. So, but then at the same Little time... Little inflatable pillows and stuff quite handy as well because they're super compact. I, I've started... Grow, those things have started going on me, you know, yeah. the, the ones well, that just wrap around your neck because uh, yeah. they're quite comfy. I mean, our first ever sponsor for British Backpackers was an inflatable pillow. It was, actually. Yeah, yeah we did a couple of posts for that. On Snowden. Yeah. Which was really cool. Inflatable we did uh, some drone shots flying above whilst we were up on Snowden of us lying down on a pillow it was classic marketing technique of using the product somewhere where you'd probably never use them um <laughs> just lying on it, the random ground but it looks cool look really cool that <laughs> worked it did work it did work and they're my main tips what what are yours i think music's a good one uh well, you don't sleep so that's i don't normally ever yeah i rarely sleep to be honest I just don't bother sleeping. <laughs> um, on a plane, I think that's that's where I'd say, and okay, there are going to be people out there who just go, oh no, that's gross, it smells. On a plane, comfy socks. What, I know people... Bring something people, that smells people, nice. people, No, I was going to say, take your shoes off. On a plane. Oh, okay. Shoes off, because then your blood's not restricted as much. Have comfy socks on. Comfy... Cl on a plane in particular comfy clothes like yeah jeans are jeans are fine and to be honest i find them fairly comfy but i know those people who every single flight they'll just wear trackies because then they're super comfy the whole thing yeah that's yeah i tend to do that uh comfy shoes are correct i don't often wear my high heels on a plane because it would just be uncomfortable when sleeping yeah uh i normally if there is a blanket use the blanket because sometimes it does get cold in the middle of the flight yeah and you don't want to be cold when sleeping. No. Yeah, I'd say I'd say pillows up there. Food's a good point. And worst case scenario, if you're over 18 and you're on a plane coming from the UK, just have a couple beers in the airport before. and That could not give you for 10. But there's no point in sleeping on a plane, to be honest, if you're just flying to Spain. This is more if you're going on a long-haul flight. Sleep on every plane. Sleep every time you travel because you don't need to see anything there. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, make sure, if you're on a plane, make sure you've gone to the toilet beforehand as well. Yeah, that's a good one. So then you won't wake up randomly just needing a pee. And then you'll sleep longer. Yeah, simple stuff like that. It's never nice waking from your sleep as well when it's turbulence. I've yeah, had that a couple times. You're, it's like, you're just fast sleeping. It's like... So very different episode, wasn't it, Morgan? That was a very different episode. And if you've liked this episode... And if you've watched us on YouTube, then please comment below and tell us what you liked about it. And if you've liked it on podcast platforms, just go down and click the follow button and then come find us on Instagram and tell us what you liked. We're also very intrigued to hear about what you think about some of the things that we've said. And And if you think Morgan's wrong. No, no. And if you think Will's wrong or you disagree with anything Will says, I'm really, really sorry. He he just... (laughs) tends to keep droning on and talking forever and i'm sorry about that but he's here so that's that's how we're going to deal with it and please remember if you are following us on any of the podcast channels or on youtube and you've gone down here and click that notification bell so that it subscribes you and tells you every time we upload a wednesday at six o'clock then the next thing that you need to do is copy that link click the share link button on either your podcast or on your youtube channel send it to a bunch of your friends because if you and three other friends download every episode so far that we've got on one of our podcast platforms then together you will have planted a tree in your name and they go to help the world so we've just from our podcast channel alone let alone the youtube side we've already planted five trees in tanzania and five trees in uganda in uganda helping the chimpanzees and I think it's about that time of the day that we roll the outro. Yeah, let's make it happen. I hope that you can handle uh, going on adventures, best kept secret travels. Yeah, all over the globe, having fun. You know the deal. Amazing secret locations. Hang out with Morgan and Will. Uh, educate and entertain. Haggle in the market. Uh, sharing their experiences. Time to get it started. Let's go.